Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of whatever you want to call a podcast. And your ho- and, and today's today's host is me, Marquise Nash. I, I don't know why I said it like outside, like it was gonna be another guest or something like that. Eventually, I'm gonna have guests on this episode. I mean, on these podcasts, or like probably in the coming months, it's probably gonna be, we're gonna start seeing a couple special guests, people that I know. But um, today's episode, we're gonna basically be talking about black head coaches not getting opportunities. And what I mean by opportunities, I mean head coaches opportunities. And let's go into uh, this episode. So basically, it's all started. This all this black head coaches getting not getting jobs started in uh, 2002. Basically, it was a rule that they set up called the Rooney Rule. The Rooney Rule is basically a policy that requires league NFL teams to interview ethnicity, ethnic ethnic minority candidates for head coaching jobs or senior football operation jobs. For example, it's basically like for affirmative action, even though there there's not a quota to say, okay, you got to hire these amount, of, you got to uh, allow these amount of, of students in your school. Affirmative action basically was saying, okay, you have to have these amount, a certain amount of uh, candidates to, to go to your school. It's basically what it is. It's based not a quota, but it's at the same time kind of is. But um, it all start the Rooney Rule all started in 2002 uh, when a guy by the name, with an owner by the name of Dan Rooney, he's a former owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers and a former chairman of the league's diversity committee. He created in 2002 after a firings of head coach, uh, head coaches Tony Dungy of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Dennis Green of the Minnesota Vikings. Tony Dungy had a winner season when he got fired. Uh, Dennis, uh, the Dennis, Dennis Green for the Minnesota Vikings had a winner, had his first losing season record in 10 years of his playing in the NFL. And this, like I said, this all started when that, those two guys got fired and people felt like they didn't deserve to get fired. And of course, and I mean, everybody, it was a snowball effect. And at, shortly after that, um, the U.S. Attorney writes, U.S. Civil Rights Attorneys uh, Cyrus Meary and Johnny Cochran released a study on the, a study on showing how to show okay what about black head coaches and the study basically said that in my own words I'm not gonna read word for word because I'm actually looking it up right as we speak right now but I'm not gonna say it word for word but basically it was just saying that black head coaches have a better chance to get fired than to get hired for head coaching jobs. So for me, that what that said to me, basically, I don't, I don't, I, I sometimes, I it's just me. I, it might just be me, but I just feel like sometimes they set these rules in place, but it doesn't really make sense. It, it, it not make. It, I don't say it make doesn't make sense, but I just feel like it doesn't really change anything because it's like okay, we just going just because you interview for somebody, just because you interview somebody doesn't mean you okay you are gonna get the job or whatever. It just means okay they are gonna give you a. They don't even give you a chance, really, because it, a chance is, okay, hiring them, actually. Because some of these coaches, it's not like we just saying it and we just saying it all just to say it. No, some of these coaches, for example, Eric Bieniemy for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, 
If you don't know what Ken, who the Eric Bieniemy is, he's the office coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you don't know who the Kansas City Chiefs is, it's the team with Patrick Mahomes, uh, Travis Kelsey, and Tariq Hill. That's the team that he's on. That's the office credit coordinator for. And or for example, Ty Bowles. He's been in the league for a while. He's been he coached for I think the New York Jets. Um, he also and he also he's right now he's resigning as the defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who beat my Packers so I know him all too well and plus I've been knowing Ty Balls for a while I I mean just uh, not even for a while but I've been watching him for a while he's a great defensive coordinator every team that he goes on and plays plays or has a head coaching job he the defense does well even the New York Jets and they suck this year but. When they when he was on the team, they were they were they were good defense, even though they sucked a little bit. But for me, yeah, it just feels like some of these head coaches don't get the same opportunities. The only probably head coach we have right now that is black right now is Mike Tomlin, and he might get fired this year. So I mean, he might get fired in the next two years. I think I don't know if he signed an extension or not. Y'all yeah, probably I, I don't take my research department and see if he get he extended his contract. I think he did. But I mean, he, he's probably the only one that's left right now that's a head coach, has a head coaching job. And I think that most head coaches, like for example, Anthony Lynn, Vance Joseph, Anthony Lynn was a head coach of a former head coach for the Los Angeles Chargers. Vance Joseph was a former head coach for the Buccaneers. Marvin Lewis was a former head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Browns. The same for Hugh Jackson, former head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Browns. These head coaches don't. I feel like sometimes they give, they put them in a bad situation until any, and it goes back to the owners. And I speaking of owners, I really want to hit on this. I was gonna talk about this a little bit later, or talk about this a little bit uh, in later in my podcast. Not even later in my podcast, but I was gonna talk about this a little bit uh, like next week or whatever. But forget it. I'm talking about it today. I don't got nothing else to do today. <laughs> I don't got this football. Is uh, we ain't gonna be watching football for a while. I mean, for for like two next two weeks. But, um, for, yeah, for me, I just feel like, I just, I don't know. That's just me, but I just feel like they, some of these head coaches don't get our same, of course they don't get the same opportunities, but I, I think sometimes these rules are just set up just to make it seem like they're going to do something, but they don't do nothing. That's all I, that's what I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling in my, I'm having a certain vibe about it. So, and that's what I think most of the time it happens. They set these rules in place. Just to make people feel good. It, I don't think it was any. I, and you might say, "Oh, they probably are, and they they probably really is." But I don't see it. I, I that's just me. I don't see it. I think it's just it's just something just to put in place to say, "Okay, we're doing something for you." But we just to put like just to shut people up to say, "Okay, we're doing something for you." So we, we put a rule together and say, "Okay, we're doing something for you," but they really not. And it's just it. it I I don't. And like I said, back to the owners. I, the owners sometimes are the reason why, sometimes, and most of the time, is the reason why some of these, these head coaches, or black head coaches don't get jobs. And prime example, a la Dallas Cowboys. I'm just, just putting, spitting facts. Uh, today, I'm just gonna spit straight truth to truth, facts to facts today. It's the Dallas Cowboys. The main, prime example of the reason why I feel like some of these owners are just stuck in their ways. And they just feel like, okay, we're gonna just, stay at the mediocre and some of these owners make bad decisions we you wonder why they call the dallas cowboys an accident waiting to happen it's not just because oh it's a nice ring to it and just to make people laugh or whatever it's it's because it's true the reason why you call the accident waiting to happen because it always feels like the dallas cowboys ally jerry jones 
feels like, okay, I got to do something, and he really doesn't, or he feels like he has to put in certain stuff, which he doesn't, and then he fucks up everything else for the Dodge Cowboys. I mean, prime example, Dak Prescott, he's not the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's decent. He's good for Dallas Cowboys, and you don't sign him. You sign your running back, which has been overweight this year. He haven't broke a 1,000 yards in, like, the past two years. I mean, he probably broke, I think, last year, but he haven't broke it this year. I mean, he's look over, he looks overweight. Your offensive line, which you drafted, hasn't panned out the way they panned out. I mean, their offensive line is decent, but it's not the best. I mean, and then your your wide receivers, Amari Cooper, hasn't really panned out the way you want it to be. I mean, you ain't got other receivers that I don't really know about, but I mean, that's just beside. That's just because I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan. But you y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, you got all these receivers that ain't really panned out. The way. I mean, you got C oh C D Lamb. That's what the other the wide receiver is. But you got C D Lamb and Amari Cooper. They I mean they're good, but it's like I feel like. CD Lamb, they shouldn't even draft the CD Lamb. I, that Dallas Cowboys should have been drafted the CD Lamb. It was, I think they just drafted him because he was just there, and it was like, okay, it was an opportunity to get him. And it's like, but you didn't need him though. Like it's, it's something that when they say, I, I, I don't know if y'all heard about the quote. I mean, y'all probably did. Y'all heard about the quote. Too much of a good thing is bad. That's what I think that was. Too much of a good. They already had good, nice, decent receivers. They had Mark Cooper and other other guys. I forgot their names, but. They had uh Ernie, I think Ernie Burns or something like that, or Archie. It was some I don't I forgot his name, but do you they got they got actually decent receivers other than like I don't know I don't the person I know is Mark Cooper. But I mean, they got I watched Dallas Cowboys Dallas Cowboys games. They have a decent amount of receivers. They didn't really need CeeDee Lamb. They needed a second somebody in the secondary. Their secondary is is shot. Their defensive line is shot. I mean, it's not even good. The defensive line gives us the most points in the entire NFL. Gave us the most points in the entire NFL. I mean, they gave up all thirty plus points a game this season. I mean, and when they did play well, it was just because they played a bad team. I mean, but and is I actually it goes back to the owners. This goes back to the owners, which is crazy because the owner created the Rooney Rule. But it's like I said before. I don't think this was just something that they just put in place to make people feel good just to say, okay, we're doing something for you, but they're really not. <laughs> but that is me. But, and then you got, cause you got coaches like Eric Benny and me, Todd Bowles. You got Mike Tomlin, Andy Lynn, Vance Joseph, Hugh Jackson, uh, Marvin Lewis. You got all these other head coaches that should deserve head coaching jobs. I think, I, I think two years. I mean, I think in this some, I think it's one on the Buffalo Bills who I forgot his name. I'm going to look at that actually. He's the defensive coordinator for the, I think, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills. Allegedly, Frazier. That's what the name is. I knew it was something because I'm like, okay, it's named after a show. That's I think that's how I remind myself sometimes of, like, certain things. I'd kind of, like, name it after, like, okay, this is, it was a show name. Okay, yeah, but Leslie Frazier, he was a, he's a defensive coordinator for the, like I said, the Buffalo Bills. He was a former coach, a defensive back coach. For the Philadelphia Eagles from 1999 to 2002, he was a Cincinnati Bengals defense coordinator from 2003 to 2004. He was the Indianapolis Colts from 2005, and then he uh from uh yeah Indianapolis defensive assistant coach from uh two, yeah 2005. Then he the, he was in 2006, he was the Indianapolis Colts uh assistant head coach and defensive back coach. Now, also in 2007, he was the Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator. And the Minnesota, then he, uh, in 2008, he switched to 
the Minnesota Vikings assistant head coach and defensive coordinator. Then the Minnesota Vikings switched it again in 2010. He was a Minnesota Vikings interim head coach. And then in uh, 2011, he was the Minnesota Vikings head coach from 2011 to 2013. Then uh, in 2014 through 2015, he was a defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And from from 2006 uh, to now, well, 2006, he was a secondary head coach for a secondary coach for the brand or uh, the uh, Baltimore Ravens 2016. And now he's um, 2017 to present. He's uh, the Buffalo Bills assistant co-head coach and defensive coordinator. Um, so, yeah, for me, I well, I'll look at all that history. He really only had like the most he had was like three years with one team, and I think most of them teams that he had, I remember Leslie Frazier too, like vividly. All the teams he had, the defenses were pretty decent, and I like, for example, this year with the Buffalo Bills had one of the best defenses in the NFL. I mean, they lost against Patrick Mahomes, but everybody loses against Patrick Mahomes, so that's like. That's like one of them things where it's like, okay, everybody loses against him. Like, it's like playing Michael Jordan. You're like, well, I lost against Michael Jordan. Everybody loses against Michael Jordan. It's just like one of them things that you just got to deal with. But the, the they were the final four teams in the uh, finals. Well, in the finals, in the, in the NFL, in the divisional games. So, yeah, it's just that, that shows something for, like, to say something about that. And, it, and I don't get why some of these head coaches, I mean, these coaches don't get jobs. And I, it's just weird. It's just, it's a weird conversation because it's just it's you got to bring up race, but it, people don't want to really want to bring that up. But it, you have to, and it just feels like sometimes they give co- head coaching jobs to t- people that like they're, they're used to, or some of these owners give co- got jobs that to people they they can own. Not even saying own in the sense of like like they 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 can all can say anything they want to. Or they, or they can just make up, like they can control still, because some of these owners, and owner, I think in order to be a great owner, you gotta realize two things. You gotta realize two things that you gotta okay that you're an owner for a reason. So that means own the team, do the things that you're supposed to do to own the team. Don't be trying to be a head coach and whatever. And that's why you. And even I'll give a prime example of a good owner right now, Mark Cuban or uh, Steve Ballman for the Clippers. Uh, Mark, like I said, Mark Cuban for the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Those are owners that you kind of like, you can look at and say, okay, they care about their head coaches. They, okay. And I'm not saying it because they, uh, because I don't, you know, I don't think they have any black, black head coaches right now. And I think on the, both of the two teams, I think because Rick Carlisle is still the head coach for the Dallas Mavericks. And then I think, uh, for the Clippers, I think it's Tyron Lue. Yeah, that's a black head coach. And they had a former black head coach in Doc Rivers. So they I mean they know all too well about black head coaches. So I mean that's and that shows you the, the difference between the NBA and the NFL. And I hate comparing the NBA to the NFL, but it's a certain stuff that you could do in the NBA that in the NFL you can't do. Sometimes and that's why I think it's changing now where it's like we getting we starting to get these changes in which these players are starting to get control of their own opportunities and they get in control of their life and their contracts. Because even you see with Deshaun Watson, um, yeah, but speaking of Deshaun Watson, man, that whole thing that is going on with the Texans, that's the main example of the reason why I hate some, most of these owners in the NFL, 
because it just makes no sense. You get a guy like Deshaun Watson, a transcending quarterback like Deshaun Watson, and first of all, you trade his best receiver and say, okay, now I play well. It takes, it makes no sense at all. You trade away a guy like Javion Clowney, that was one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and trade him to the Seahawks. I don't know where he's at right now. I think I don't know if he's still with the Seahawks, but you trade away J- Davion Clowney and say JJ Watt, okay, play defense with that with with not a good with only you with you you only being the best pass rusher. Like it's it makes no sense. And you hire a guy. Well, I don't know what the game guy name is for the Texans. I think his name Dan Conley or Coley. Or I don't know what. The, I'm not gonna butcher his name, but yeah, it's it makes no sense. It makes no not even sense at all. And it's ridiculous at this point. It's, it, it makes it makes it frustrates me a little bit because when I see the NBA, I'm like, okay, man, that's good. Like I see that and I get positive results about it. And then it's then when I look at the NFL, it's just like, okay, slavery, slave mentality. And it's and it's been said for a while that it's like that, but people don't want to speak about it because I think it's like a in a sense it's an icky situation. It's or it's like a a deep conversation. You got to really talk about the root of it. But, and I think people don't want to talk about the root of like the NFL and how it was made and what was made for. So it's just, it's something that you could talk about to, I, 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 I advise you guys to talk about it to your family. Just to even just go through the history of it. It's a lot of stuff that you didn't know about the, like the NFL, even the except simple fact of the Rooney rule. I didn't even know what the hell the Rooney rule was like until like two weeks ago. And I, I don't, I, I am, and I'm not, I'm a basketball historian. I love football, not a basketball, but a football historian. I love football. And I didn't know what the hell what the Rooney rule was. I mean, and I'm usually up to, up to date with most of these rules, but I didn't know what the hell the Rooney rule was until like, like I said, two weeks ago. But man, it's, it's just, it's ridiculous how some of these owners do their players. Prime example, the Green Bay Packers. I say the same thing about the Green Bay Packers. It, and I love my Green Bay Packers. I love them, man. They did the best. But you getting this is a prime example of why to this year too, where you say Aaron say okay, give me a wide receiver, give me a wide receiver, and it, it's like okay, they you see that Aaron Rodgers can still do. He can be amazing still with the brief wide receivers he got. And no offense to Alan Lazard and Vada Scanlick and Saint Brown and I think what's I've got the other guy's name, but no offense to you guys, but they're not. Uh, Antonio Brown, they're not a Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, they're not guys that you can say, okay, I can rely on this guy. And Juju Smith, by the way, he wasn't really reliable, but we know he's not a number one guy. He's a number two guy. He's meant to be a number two guy, and I t- until the Steelers find that out or, or whatever, that's, that's when they gonna, uh, That's when they can unlock Juju Smith-Schuster's talent even more. But, um, yeah, speaking about, like I said about the pack, going back to the Packers, that's another prime example of the reason why sometimes I hate owners. Like Mike Murphy, he said, like Mike Murphy said, okay, we're not idiots. We're basically what he, that's what he said. He, we're not idiots. Aaron Rodgers not going nowhere. Okay, well, draft a wide receiver this time because usually it doesn't really affect us until it gets to the playoffs. It really doesn't affect us really in the regular season because you play bad teams. Most of the time, you, you're your better team. You have the most of the time, probably 90% of the time, Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback than most of the teams that he plays against. So you know, okay, Aaron Rodgers is going to still probably ball out. He haven't had a first-round receiver or even that's a wideout since, what, Mercedes Lewis? Mercedes Lewis is the only first-rounder he had. 
hey, that he passed a TD to, really. And that's about it. I mean, most of the other guys were second rounders or undrafted. So it just it it makes it pisses me off when you see teams like the Packers waste uh, Aaron Rodgers' time on like stupid stuff like that. And stupid stuff like, okay, we're gonna draft. We're not gonna draft a wide receiver for you, but we're gonna just give you guys off undrafted. We're not gonna. Cause I really feel like they should grab the Claypool. Claypool would have been a good addition with uh, like Lazard or with uh, Devontae Adams. He would have been a big difference and a big moment. He would have been great for the Packers. A uh, CD Lamb, if uh, if the Dallas Cowboys wouldn't have picked him up, CD Lamb would have been a great pick. I mean, these guys. In a draft, especially, and the crazy thing is, we got even more greater wide receivers coming in this draft next year. So I feel like the Packers have a chance to grab a wide receiver, but they don't, and it pisses me off sometimes. But um, yeah, like I, it's so much stuff I can say about these owners. These owners are these owners are starting to piss me off a little bit. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys are just one of the main examples, but it's a lot of more owners like that. I mean, and like I said, you got the Packers owners that's like that. They've been like that for like the past two, three years. They've been like that. I mean, and it just pisses me off to see quarterbacks that have great seasons, like Aaron Rodgers have an MVP season saying he's don't be a prop. Basically, they were saying in the beginning of the season when they kind of got Matt LaFleur, I mean, a year ago when they got Matt LaFleur, oh, don't be a problem, Aaron. Basically, that's what he said. Don't be a problem, Aaron. And then what happened? He came off the uh, next last year's NFC Championship to go back to another NFC Championship and throw 48 touchdowns and five interceptions in the season and had an MVP season. With all that, you added all that into fact, and you say, oh, yeah, he's still not good enough to get a wide receiver. That just really irks me. That just really pisses me off. But, man, I would love to talk about a lot about the NFL coaches. I mean, but that's all I have. This hour. That's all much I how, how much I have to say today about the NFL coaches, but I can talk about this probably a, l- a little bit longer if I wanted to, but I haven't redid a lot of my research yet, but I'm going to talk about that probably next week about some more about these NFL head coaches and because uh, black history month is coming probably like in like, I think like seven days, six, seven days. So we'll talk about a lot more about just black opportunities and black people not getting opportunities or black people that transcended sports and even, yeah, even to sports. So, uh, I'll see you guys next episode. Uh, but before I go, I want you to go. If you want to listen to the podcast, you can go to the podcast. You can listen to it on Stitcher, not Stitcher. You can go to uh, the Apple Music or Apple Podcast. If you don't got Apple Podcasts, uh, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Apple Music. You can go to Spotify. But if you like a person like you want to, you only you you don't really want to, you don't want to really want to do that. You don't want to listen. You want to debate me or something like that. And I'm near enough. I might debate you. I might ask. I might if you tweet me. I might just look at the look up your question and and, and then I might I answer it a little bit on my podcast or a lot of bit. Not <laughs> a little bit or a lot of bit. I'm gonna say a lot of bit. But um, that's <laughs> playing. But um, yeah. I'm a, if like I said, if you tweet me on uh, Marquise ninety five sports on my Twitter or you can go to my Facebook page at the, whatever you want to call it podcast Facebook page. And you can uh, message me or you can DM me on my uh on my uh, Instagram at on Marquise 95 sports. You need either three. If you want to do that and you got a question that you might want to ask, I might answer. It's a possibility. I can answer it on my podcast, but y'all guys, I'll see you next episode. Peace.